Alright, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22. I'm going to read from verse 39 to 46. This message, like all messages, I suppose, is potentially life-changing. Depends how we receive it. I'll just read and then I will pray. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him, and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your precious word. Oh Lord, may this word reach our hearts and our minds. May we be changed, Lord. Come against any spirit that would want to stop this vital word from reaching the spirit of your people, Lord. We pray by your grace we will have ears to hear and hearts to do. In Yeshua's mighty name. Amen. Now, title of this message is Praying Through. Alright? Praying Through. The Lord reminded me this week that you and I, brothers and sisters, children of God, we are only as strong as our prayer life. Do you get that? You and I are only as spiritually strong as our prayer life. We can read the Bible till we blew in the face, and it's good to read the Bible. We can go to church until we, I don't know if we get blue in the face, but we can go to every single service and meeting, which is a good thing. Reading the Bible is a good thing. Please don't get me wrong. Okay? We can do good works, as many good works as you like. And we must do good works, yes. But your and my spiritual strength is determined by the quality of our prayer life. Amen? Our prayer life. And I need to explain this because, you see, we're not talking about lots of prayer. You understand? We're not just talking about jabbering away a lot of prayers. The Lord warned against meaningless repetition. Right? Your spiritual strength is not proportional to the amount of time you spend jabbering scriptures. Now, that's a good thing to do, by the way. It's a good thing. We blab scriptures our day and night, dear God, and it's a good thing. But our spiritual strength is determined by the quality of our prayer life. And the point I need to make here is this, that prayer, proper prayer, takes effort. I'm going to explain it. But proper prayer is not something that's easy. And I think that's the reason why so many Christians don't bother to do it. Amen? So many of us, and I'm guilty as much as anyone else, we neglect our prayer life. Because proper prayer 
is hard work. Look at the Lord here. When he was praying, was he praying a frivolous little prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? Your will be done. Catch a bit of sleep. Oh Lord, your will be done, Swan. Was it like that? No. He had to grip God. Amen. I'm going to explain it in detail. It applies to you and my life. We don't have to go and get crucified necessarily. But we do have issues in life that we have to work through. And this is how to do it. Do you know something? The world wasn't saved on the cross. Might sound like a shocking statement. When he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, that is where the world was won. Not on the cross. Now I know the cross was important, but my point is this. He would not have had the courage to go through the cross. He would have not had the spiritual strength, the fortitude to go through the cross if he had not gone through the Garden of Gethsemane. You'll get the pattern. He won the battle in prayer before he could win the battle in the physical. Does everybody grasp that little principle? And that same pattern applies to you and I. We need to learn in the affairs of life, and I'm going to cover quite a few of them, but we need to learn how to pray through. What do I mean by praying through? Let me explain it like this. We are on this earth. Our physical bodies are in touch with this earth. I've shared this so many times. When you and I get born again and our spirit man comes alive, our spirit is in touch with heaven. The Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places. Your and my physical body wasn't suddenly whisked up to heaven. I don't think so. Was anybody whisked up to heaven? If you were, why did you come back? But you understand, was he lying when he said that? No, he wasn't. Our spirit man is in touch with God. The moment we are blood washed, comes alive in touch with God. However, the other part of us is our conscious awareness. The Bible speaks of it as a soul. Some people make the distinction between the mind and the physical brain. But the soul is your conscious awareness, very simply. Right? That conscious awareness that you and I have is constantly moving. Let me give you an illustration. You're sitting here, I start off, I'm all fresh and excited, blah, 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 and you pay a bit of attention. But then as I go along, had a busy week, start to drift off. You're sitting here, not paying a blind bit of notice to what I'm saying. Where actually are you? Possibly on the golf course. Possibly with the work problems. <laughs> you understand. But our conscious awareness is really where we're at. Let me put it that way. That's where you and I are at. Now that conscious awareness moves. Do you understand? And you see, real prayer is when we take this mind of ours, we focus on Almighty God, and our conscious awareness of Him becomes greater and greater and greater in any situation that we face. Now if Christians haven't learned to do this, we will live defeated lives. What? Do you know any Christians, by any chance, that live in defeat? I've known one quite well for a few years. He stands before thee now, speaking eloquently. But you understand, we've got to learn this, okay? 
But the point is, it doesn't just fall off a tree. I think most Christians want Christianity just to fall off a tree. And if it doesn't fall off a tree, can't be God. <laughs> can't be God. You understand? Well, that's not how it works. We have to understand how it works and do it. And it's not easy, is my point. I mean, the Lord in this situation, you can understand the pressure, came to the place where literally shed blood. The blood vessels broke because of the tension, the pressure. God had to send an angel to help him through. That's not a light-hearted prayer, dear God. You understand? Now we need to understand how this thing works. I'm going to try and explain it in day-to-day -day circumstances. There's seven that I'm going to touch on. The first one is obviously just walking with the Lord. Your day-to-day -day and my day-to-day -day walk with the Lord. Do you know something? Your and my day-to-day -day walk with the Lord depends on our communication with Him. Like any relationship, you understand? And that relationship is based on hearing Him and talking to Him. We used to sing a wonderful Pentecostal song. He lives. He lives. He lives. Do you know this one? I won't sing it for you. I'll bless you with not singing it. But he lives. The words are fantastic. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. We belonged to a church. The overseer was a fine old English gentleman, straight from the Victorian era. And he used to break out into song every now and then. This was one of his favorites. But it's got a high note there. And sometimes you'd start in the wrong key, you see. And you get to the high note. It was quite tense watching him try to get it. But anyway, <laughs> it wasn't musically wonderful, but there was such joy on his face. And he obviously lived this his whole life. It was beautiful to behold. But you understand, he lives. And we need to keep that relationship alive. You understand? If we don't, it will die. It will die. When I was a little boy, my best friend, his name was Peter Belshaw. Can you believe it? Peter Belshaw. And we were in grade three or four. We were great muckers. You know, we got into trouble together. We did all the stuff that boys do. You know what I'm saying? And then I heard the bad news that Peter was going to boarding school. For political reasons, we had to move from that part of the world. I was so heartbroken. I didn't know where boarding school was, where it was, but all I knew is my mucker was gone. Gone. To this day, I have no idea where he is. That friendship, what happened to it? Died. No communication. You understand? It's common sense, really. Well, do you know something? Your and my relation with the Lord can dwindle and die so quickly. How do we keep it alive? Going to church is a good thing. Reading the Bible is a good thing. But the most important way is pray. Praying through. What do I mean by praying through? Well, you see, remember, our conscious awareness moves. And I'm here to tell us that when you and I start to pray, very often, he might seem a million miles away. We start to pray, and he seems a million miles away. 
Now you see, most Christians, because of that, will gabble a few prayers. They've got their prayer list. Mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, uncle. Don't worry about the pastor right now. I'm having a time. <laughs> Forget about Auntie Susie. That sort of thing. But okay, I've done it. I've done my prayer. No, you haven't. We've missed the point. You see, even though you might seem a million miles away, it doesn't mean that it's going to stay like that. Are you? What does it take? The Bible speaks about girding up the loins of your mind. Did you know that? What does it mean to gird up the loins of your mind? Well, in the old days, the men wore skirts for information. Thank God I don't live in that day and age. But if you were in that day and age and you were going to now do some hard labor, you'd actually take the skirt and tuck it in so it didn't get in the way. You understand? That's what you do. It was like rolling up our sleeves. That's the same imagery. So the Bible speaks about girding up the loins of our, this peanut between the ears. That's where it all happens. Let me tell you, this Christian walk all happens here. And you see, it takes discipline. And that discipline is hard work. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever come across a math situation which you'd rather avoid? Because it's hard work. That's why it's so hard to get the little boy to study. He's got to gird up the loins of his mind. But his mind is not going to be girded up because it's on the rugby field. Or it's fishing. Or it's Involved with that beautiful girl that he saw. You understand? Computer games. Yes, yes, yes. You see, when we pray, say you kneel to pray, there are a million and one other things to think about. Are there not? And it's amazing how they come heading for you then. What have we got to do? Put them aside and focus on him. Now here's the key. As we focus on him, Now, this is not physically true, but it's a good way of illustrating it. He becomes closer to us. He draws closer. The Bible does say, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. Well, you know, I can't sort of start flapping our wings going up to heaven to draw near to him. Can we do that? I wish we could. But you see, the point is, we draw near to him with this piece of apparatus between the ears. Can you see that? A lot of people say to me, I want to get closer to the Lord. I want to get closer to the Lord. Almost like waiting for God to somehow pitch up, you understand? You can't get closer to the Lord. Did you know that? He's inside of us. I mean, how much closer can you get? You understand? But what's the problem? The conscious awareness, you see. And let me just say this. When we talk about praying through, this is my point. If you and I are prepared to stick it out, okay, and the longer you don't do it, the harder it is. You understand? But you see, as you and I are prepared to stick it out, stick it out, stick it out, there comes, and this is important, a turning point. Amen? A turning point. Where all of a sudden, this God that was at first so far away becomes very real. Amen? Now, let me just say this. You and I want to maintain our relationship with Almighty God. Doing that on a regular basis is critical. You can't get away from it. Amen? But let me just say this. Once you and I practice it, 
We get into the flow of it. We don't want to get away from it. We can't wait to get to it. Amen? I spend many hours here just sitting at night waiting for the Lord. It might look quite absurd. I couldn't care less. And at first, I think, what am I doing here? But I welcome him. I say, Lord, this is your time. Then I start to become more and more aware of him. And so often, so very often, he starts to talk to me. He starts to speak about my life. He gives me wisdom from the word. He starts to put a word in my heart for other people. That's how these messages come about. Did you know that? It's not be going through the old files and thinking, oh, well, maybe I should preach on this today. I hardly ever preached the same sermon twice. Did you know that? Hardly ever. Maybe four times in my life. But what's the issue? Praying through. What I'm encouraging every one of us to do here, develop your relationship with him by praying through. Take the trouble to sit down and focus on him. And at first, yes, it's a battle. You might want to just worship the Lord a bit beforehand to help you. I find reading the Bible before and helps me to get my mind in the right place. You understand? It is a battle. Does everybody grasp it? That's the reason so few Christians actually do it. Did you know that? So few. Do you think the devil sits back and says, oh, he's talking to his God? That's wonderful. He knows this lesson better than perhaps we do. The moment you and I learn how to pray through, you see, in our relation with him, he becomes excluded from the equation. That's where the battle takes place. And if Christians are daily spending time with him, they can sing that song. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Salvation, you see. Life to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. Guess what? He lives in my heart. Why? Because I've spent time with him. Making myself aware of him. Is he in everybody's heart who's born again? Yes. Are we all aware of him? Sadly, no. What's the problem? We need to learn to pray. Okay, that's the first area. Sorry, I won't spend so much time on the rest. We're getting the principle. Number two, overcoming temptation. Children of God, the only way to overcome temptation is through prayer. Amen. Now, of course, nobody here knows what temptation is. I'm the only miserable offender who's had to suffer. But let me explain something. What is temptation? That's the devil dangling the proverbial carrot in front of your eyes. Do you understand? If we were donkeys, it would be a carrot, but... Okay. All right, Tim, in your case, the proverbial pork chop. Okay. My case, a stick of kudu bultong. Okay. Whatever turns you on. But what I'm saying is, you and I are trying to live our Christian walk, and along comes whatever. 
Valde, what floats your boat? Sushi. Sushi. Here comes the sushi. But now listen. Please understand what he's praying through. We are sitting here. This is dangling in our eye, as it were, and God is on the other side. All right. Why do you think the devil comes with temptation? To distract us from him. Amen? Am I right? So you see, here I am. Now, if I haven't learned how to pray through, what am I going to do? I'll use my will, won't I? No sushi for me today. But I'm thinking about it. Maybe no sushi for me tomorrow, but I'm still come day three. Lay it on. <laughs> you hear me? You see, and the devil wins. What is the answer? Not to be passive, but to pray through. Let me explain what happens. You and I, like the Lord, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we go before God and we seek His face. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of the earth grow strangely dim. Are you hearing me? They grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. You and I will not be able to sin with the Lord standing next to us, would we? Before you sin, what have you got to say? Lord, please look the other way. <laughs> All right? I'm the only one who knows about this stuff. I'm a soul. But you understand, when you and I pray, do you know what happens? We rise up. I mean, we rise up. The things of the world come from below. Once again, my point is this. There comes a moment in time if we pray through, where the whole situation turns. And you and I don't want to have anything to do with it. Amen? That is victory. I hear me. But we have to have the courage to pray through. And let me just say this. In any area of life, if you and I make the habit of praying through, the first time it will be difficult. The second time it might be even more difficult. The devil doesn't give up. Did you know that? He's determined to destroy us. And he might come the third time, but if you and I continually have learned how to automatically pray through. You know what? Eventually he realizes that he's wasting his time. And that's victory. Amen. He doesn't bother you anymore. I used to smoke quite a lot when I was in the army. Nothing else to do. Smoke cigarettes. But you know, right now I couldn't care who. It's no temptation to me whatsoever. Amen. Why? Learn to pray through. Are you hear me, church? That's how God wants you and I to walk, in victory. I mean, in every area. All right? But we have to learn how to pray through. You can't ask somebody else to pray for you. No, very often people say, won't you pray for us? Won't you pray for us? And sometimes, please, we pray for everybody we can. Please, we do that. But sometimes I think people are too lazy to pray for themselves. I mean, 
They're too lazy to pray for themselves. Oh, just phone the pastor. He must do the prayer for you. Well, for your information, that is not going to work. Did you know that? You're not going to have the victory. We pray with people. Yes, you understand. You might say, I'm really backing pray with me. By all means. But I don't want me to say, well, you know, I'm not bothering to come to church. Pray for us. So everybody turns over in their bed and says, oh, well, thank God the church is praying for us. <laughs> How is that? How is that? Is that right? I won't answer that question. But you understand, it won't help you if you're not prepared to pray yourself. We have to learn to pray ourselves, take responsibility ourselves. Are you hearing me? And if everyone in the church continually does that, we'll come to the place where as a church we, our prayers become extremely powerful. Are you hearing me? Not just vain babbling. They become extremely powerful if we've all learned how to pray through. Okay, the next area, one very dear to the Christian heart, is forgiveness. Amen? Forgiveness. We are commanded to walk in forgiveness. Is that easy? Well, it can become easy, but to start with, it might be very difficult. It's a very cruel world out there. Some of you might have become aware of that. And there's some very bad actors out there. And you and I get hurt quite often. Hallelujah. But all the same, we have no right to walk with unforgiveness in our heart. Now, let me just say something about this unforgiveness. It's all very well to know about it. But putting it into practice takes, once again, effort. All right? But we have to do it. We have to do it. There was a lady, this is a true story, and it's tragic, in a village somewhere in the Far East, I don't know where, but she was known for looking after everybody who was sick. When anybody was sick, she would go there and look after, nurse them to health. The day came when she was sick. Did you know that? And guess what? Nobody bothered, you see. You know what happened? She got unforgiveness in her heart. She died and she went to hell. How do I know? The Lord took someone down to hell to show him how it happens from time to time. And he said to him, there's somebody that shouldn't be here. She shouldn't be here. That woman was there because she harbored unforgiveness. So it's really important. But you understand, it's not that easy just to say, oh, turn on the unforgiveness switch. Sometimes it takes effort to work through, is what I'm saying. But how do we work through? It's the same principle. We pray through. We pray through. Are you hearing? I've often had to do that. Please. Something happens, and to be very honest, it hurts me. It hurts me badly. But I've learned something. The moment that happens, keep the mouth shut. Amen? Keep the mouth shut. Don't respond. Don't react. What have I got to do first before I say anything? Pray through. Are you hearing me? And the same principle happens. I sit there. This issue is looking me in the face going, yeah, 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 Mr. Christian, yeah, 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 call yourself a pastor, teach people about forgiveness, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get my mind off that and I look at him. Are you hearing me? What happens? I start to move. 
I start to see things that maybe I couldn't see at the beginning. Maybe the person's hurting themselves. Normally the case, people that are damaged hurt others. You know, it's old wounded buffalo story. You see, in the presence of the Lord, you start to think of things like, well, you know, God really forgave me for that. It was worse what I did to him then. What happens? You start to change inside. We start to change. Are you hearing me? And once again, let me tell you something. There comes a moment where there's that turning around. You've prayed it through. Once you've prayed it through, then you're ready to relate to that person again. This is so important. You can't live with unforgiveness in your heart. It's the only poison that you take to kill somebody else and it kills yourself. I mean, but I'm not just saying that it's easy. You hearing me? I'm not saying that just roll over and do it. No, you might have to work through it. We've had cases. It took us years one situation. Years. We didn't give up on it, but we just knew we were not ready to confront these people yet or speak to them. But eventually, guess what happened? God worked it and we became good friends again. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to live. All right, sorry. Tim, it shouldn't be years, but sometimes it is. What I'm saying is if you're serious about this, it might take time. And you see, it's not a case of pretending, oh, I've forgiven them. Do you understand? You can decide to forgive them immediately, yes. And we must. But for that to pray through so where we actually have in our heart. And when we think of them, we only think good thoughts. It will take you and I praying through. It will take you and I praying through. Are you hearing me today, church? We can't allow this thing to creep up on us. That nothing more the devil would want than people in the kingdom, and he's worked so well, bearing unforgiveness in their hearts for one another. It hinders our prayers. It wrecks everything. Amen? Praise God. The next one is praying for others, exactly what I'm talking about. Very often, you might feel a burden for somebody. Now, please, you and I are not responsible to pray for every Tom, Dick or Harry that comes along our path. Otherwise, you and I will never get out of the prayer closet. Do you understand? But from time to time, God places on you and my heart a burden. All right? A burden. What is that? A burden is where you just feel for that person, their situation. You don't understand why, but you just have a, a heart for them. That is the Holy Spirit saying to you, time for you to pray through. Amen. Once again, you have this burden, this concern about this person. It might be somebody in the family, somebody in the church, somebody in the community. You just have this concern. We go before God, we set our minds on him, and as we do, we begin to pray through, and he starts to show us what the problem is maybe, etc., and we get a peace about it. Amen? So important. When you and I get a burden for somebody, don't sweep it aside and say, it doesn't concern me. doesn't concern me. Let me tell you something. If you and I are responsible with the burden God places on our heart, and we pray it through, He'll be able to trust us. Did you know that? And you'll find it happening more and more and more. And don't be surprised one day when you get to heaven. There's a whole range of crowns there, and they're all for you. Why? You took the trouble. Okay. But you see, it's not just praying, oh, Lord, bless so-and-so. 
You understand? Sometimes that's fine. But very often, if God places a burden on you, learn to pray the burden through. Like I say, if you keep praying, there comes that moment in time where it just lifts and you know you've done your job. You've done our duty. Amen? Let's move on. Okay, the next one is very similar. is when you and I give advice. Giving advice. Do not the easiest thing to do when somebody asks for help or doesn't even ask you give it to them anyway. <laughs> Don't recommend it, by the way. What's the easiest thing to do? Start blabbing, all right, from your experience. Oh, I've got a toothache. Don't worry, take bicarbonate of soda. Auntie Susie did it in 2022, and it worked for her, so it will work for you sort of thing. No, I'm joking, but we're talking about people with real issues in life. What is the easy thing to do? Start to blab from your experience. Oh, I also had that problem. This is what I did. Now, please, experience is a good thing, and it can help a lot of people. But what I've learned is this, it can also be very dangerous. I'll tell you why. Because every situation is completely different. If we're involved with counseling, which we are from time to time, the one thing I've learned, shut up and listen. All right? Very good advice. Shut up and listen. Why? Every single situation is completely different. It might present in the same way. You understand? People are struggling with the divorce situation. Because they're struggling with the divorce situation doesn't mean somebody else's divorce was exactly the same as theirs. You understand? It's completely different. Somebody's battling with an addiction. Right? What worked for somebody else will not necessarily work here. What have we got to find out? What's the cause? The root? Do you understand? How are we going to find all of that out? Let me tell you how. First of all, by praying through. You understand? Facing the situation in somebody's life, what is my duty? First of all, Father God, A, you want me to give any advice or do something? He might say no. Amen? Not your job, not your business. It's quite possible. I think I've caused a lot of trouble interfering where I shouldn't have actually interfered. But you understand? Okay, Father God, you want me to go ahead. What is the problem? What is the real issue? You understand what I'm talking about? Then I'll sit there and find out from him before I do anything what the real problem is. Amen? Pray it through. Are you hearing me, church? And you might find he shows you things that you wouldn't even have thought of. And then finally, what's the issue? Well, now what must I do about it? Now that you've showed me this, what must I do about it? How must I go about it? What do we normally do? Oh, discern the problem. We're in there with the answer. Hallelujah. We know it all. Missed the boat completely. I can't tell you how many people have come to Janet and I with that sort of approach. One person, we said, please, you're struggling. Will you come and help us? He said God spoke to him while he was looking at himself in the mirror. When he got you and explained what God had said to him, we realized it wasn't God that had spoken to him. Do you know what it was? It was his own mind telling him what he thought the answer was. Do you understand? But be so careful. I'm sitting with a situation now. I've come into contact with a man who's studying the Bible. 
How's this for heaven on earth? His wife's quite happy to go to work and provide while he sits at home and studies the Bible. So I thought it might be interesting to listen to a man who studies the Bible more than I do possibly. Came around. You know what I realize? It's gone off on a complete tangent. Complete tangent. Now what's the issue? From what I've been saying here. First of all, is it my job to do something about it? Do you understand? Secondly, I must find out from God what the real issue is. And then if I must proceed, how? Can you see? But if I just, from my perception, barge in and sort of try and sort the problem out, is it my job? Maybe. But how will I know? The truth is I won't know unless what? I have the common decency to do what? Pray it through. Let me tell you, if you pray it through and God gives you the right information, you're able to help. You and I are empowered to help because you're not giving our thoughts, you're giving His, and that makes all the difference. Amen. The next is making big decisions. Amen. Make big decisions. If you want to make the right decisions, what do we have to do? If we want to make the right decisions, we have to learn before we make the choice to pray it through. And can I just say something? The big decisions, don't think that you're going to sit one night and pray it through and get the answer necessarily. Amen? When I was at school teaching there, God gave me this job just to help us for that time being. The time came when I knew that I had to leave. I knew that I had to leave. What did I do? Just go to the headmaster. I'm out of here. Oh, I'd love to have done that just to see his face. I mean, look. But I've learned. You don't just do that. You understand? So what did I do? I went to the pool here, walk around and around, praying in the Spirit, trying to pick up from God the way forward. Do you understand? Big decision just to throw up a job like that. And it was slowly but surely, after a period of time, began to become clear in my spirit. I was praying it through. Does everybody understand? And in this particular instance, first thing he said, yes, you must move. So what's the next thing? When, obviously. Right? And how? And I'll just tell you the advice he gave me, which I thought was very sound advice, looking back. He said to me, you're teaching people that are in their matric year. If you leave too early, you can disrupt the matric the subject that you're teaching. You understand? It can cause disruption in their lives. It's not just about you. So stay there till the end, see them through. And then the way to go forward, at the right time, you hand your resignation in and you do it to the right attitude. I did that, it all worked out. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? When you're facing a big decision, don't rush into it. And don't just wait for something to happen either. What have we got to do? Learn how to do what? Pray it through. You won't be able to pray through a big decision if you and I are not praying about our daily relationship with the Lord. Does everybody grasp that? It starts there. You won't be able to run a marathon, the comrades, if you haven't learned how to walk. Imagine sending a baby to run the comrades. On your mask it said, wouldn't know which way to crawl. <laughs> Same with us. Got a massive decision to make. Oh, now's the time to pray. Don't know where to crawl. 
No idea. Okay, the last one, facing the mountain. Amen. In life, you and I will come up against mountains. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? Has anybody had some sort of experience in this regard? Amen. That's what the Lord was facing right there in the Garden of Gethsemane, this terrible mountain. Imagine contemplating going to the cross. He was God after all, but he was still a man. How would you feel about hanging on a cross for six hours, nails to your hands and your feet and a crown of thorns on your head, everybody jeering at you, your own Father in heaven forsaking you? I mean, really? It's not the sort of thing you will say, oh, well, let's go and do that for the weekend, a bit of light entertainment. Not at all. It was horrific, and he knew it. He knew it. He faced that mountain. But before he could go to the mountain, what did he have to do? On his knees before God. He had to come to the place where his will was surrendered. Can you see that? Let me tell you, most mountains, most mountains that you and I face, it's all an issue of, is it going to be me or is it going to be him? You understand? Am I going to do what you want to do, Heavenly Father? Or am I going to just stick with what I know? You and I will not make the decision if we haven't learned to do what? Pray it through. Can you see? Let me just say something. The moment you and I have stood there, as it were, before God, this mountain is in the way. And remember, he said, speak to this mountain and it will move. You see, there's an understanding to that scripture. I think that is so often missed. And that understanding is where we are positioned. You see, you can't speak to a mountain if you're under the mountain because it's very imposing. But when you and I spend time in his presence and we ascend, that's the best way to describe it, we start to see it more from his perspective. A change takes place in our hearts. And instead of looking up at the mountain, we come to that place where we are now looking down on the mountain. Right? In that moment, we are able to say, okay, do you understand? We can come to terms with it and we can walk through. I hope you are hearing me this morning. God placed this on my heart because he wants a strong church. Amen? To do what he has to do on this earth, he must have a strong church. And the church is only as strong as what? It's prayer life. And it starts with who? You, me, individual. Heavenly Father, thank you for your words to us, your people. I pray all my heart that every one of us here, myself included, would get a grip on this thing. Get a grip on real prayer. What prayer means to you. This process of moving from one position to another in the spirit. By virtue of the fact that we've taken the trouble to set our affection on you. To keep our minds firmly fixed on you. And to allow your spirit to change us. Change us. Change us from one degree of glory 
to the next. We give you praise for that now in your mighty name. Amen. <music>